0: Hey Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Amen. All right. Uh, I have a a whole range of of ages here tonight. I have, we've been talking the last number of weeks on uh, whether you're single, engaged to be married, or married, and uh, and single, whether it's whether you're younger or older, uh, it doesn't matter. We've been talking uh, about uh, truths from the Word of God, and and so we started about uh, six weeks ago, and so you can catch that those different parts and sessions. They're sort of all tied in together. And um, two weeks ago, we talked about the aspect we we sort of tied it together, but I've, I've recognized that it's taking more than just one session to go through it. We talked about uh, within relationships, whether it's singles uh, or whether it's uh, married couples, uh, that, that love is foundational. If you want to have good relationship, you need love. And love starts in the spirit in our spirit, and especially if, as we are alive as children of God, we have a, a help that we would not have if we were not a believer. Because the fruit of the Spirit begins to grow in us, and one of the, the first parts of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so there is that aspect of, uh, of love that is necessary for relationship, and the, God is there to help us in relationship that we, may not be good and to help us through relationship that may not be good. And as there's that, that foundation uh, that, that is, is even created by or uh, comes into existence as we give our life to the Lord, it, it affects our communication. And so last week we talked about not just our spirit, but our heart and then our mind and then what comes out of her mouth. The last part is the part that we usually think of as communication. But you know what? Think about it. If you have the wrong attitude towards somebody, if you have the wrong attitude towards somebody, and it's, it's right in your, your soul and your, your heart, then what's going to happen is your mind is affected. And so if you have uh, attitudes and your heart is of, of, of darkness, if you would, or negativity, uh, or the wrong attitude, wrong emotions, then what happens is your mind is affected, and then what in your mind then outcomes things that you may regret that you've said. You say, oh, man, I, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I thank God, though, as we humble ourselves, it doesn't matter what uh, relationship, as we are in relationship with others, and whether it's the relationship is good uh, or 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 not as we humble ourselves bef- with the other person and we say lord or we say hey honey forgive me um, that there's a, a healing that can take place so we talked about that now today tonight i'll tell you right now um, i have i have talked about some of these things when i was counseling or with giving spiritual guidance uh, to those that are about to get married. And this whole aspect of, of sex. So this is, this is a, a very, um, what, I, what should I say? Sometimes it's something that we say, ah, we shouldn't talk about. And tonight, you might say, well, hey, I'm not in that situation. And I, I want to say this, that, that God, right off the bat, that, that sex or the, the, the intimate relationship between husband and wife was created by God at the beginning and is meant to be within the confines of marriage, straight up. Okay, and we'll get into a little bit. And you say, well, you know what, I'm not in that position. I'm not married. And so tonight, I may be talking to some of you that are, are planning to get married or have been married and are no longer married. Because sometimes some of these issues continue on, especially before we're married, or may continue on during marriage, or even after after we've been married. Or if there's a, a loss, uh, whether it's separation, divorce, whether it's uh, a loss of a loved one, there are sometimes these these issues because God has has created us, and part of our makeup is the aspect of of not just procreation, but also of the, the thing of relationship, and intimacy, and in relationship, and in marriage relationship. So, I want to say right off the, the top, that I'm, I'm not here at this point to judge anybody. And for those that are online, I am not here to judge you, but rather to, to bring the Word of God. I need to stand on the Word of God. And so I recognize that there, there are many differing opinions and views, and not just opinion and views, but, but as a person says, well, this is what I believe, they begin to act on, on what they believe, and there's a justification of where they're at. And I don't have a problem with that because God made us to be free, free in our will and our being, so that we can do those things that are pleasing to God or, or are not. And so tonight I come from the perspective of, from God's perspective, and if we acknowledge God, that we would say, God, I want to do what you would have me to do. I want to live the way that you would have me to live because I know the ways that you, the things that you have for me are the best. They're the best. And so I'm going to touch on a few things, and some things you might say, well, hey, th- that's not where I am right now. But you, who knows? Maybe you're dealing with somebody that is in this position. So I want you to grab a hold of the Word of God, and, um, and that you may perhaps be able to speak into your, your son or your daughter's life, or a friend's life, and that you would be able to say, well, God's ways are the best. And, I, and let, let me just say this, and I, I, I almost don't even, I wish maybe I would have changed uh, the, the setting and just be sitting with you guys right now because I don't want you to feel like I'm speaking down on you because I'm not. I, I, what I've come to recognize is this, that God's ways are always for our blessing and benefit And as much as we may not agree with them because we have our own view or we we grab a hold of of what the world is doing or what society is doing at this point, we just grab while everybody else is doing it. I want you to know that his ways are relevant and current for today. They're for today. And so once again, I'm not here to, to judge you, but if you want to grab a hold of what God has for you, that you would grab a hold of it tonight. And so once again, you might say, I'm not in that place. God may put you in with somebody that is in that place or is maybe struggling in an area you'd be able to, uh, uh, to help them out. Um, now, some of this, as we go through it, and uh, I want to just, if we could, turn to Genesis chapter 2 and just basically how God be- started things right from the beginning with Adam and Eve. Um, and it's it's amazing that uh, the things that, that God spoke in Genesis and then later on in uh, in the New Testament, like 4,000 years after the beginning, it's uh, did, has not changed, and even today has not changed. it 's still relevant today. So just, I just want to pull out a few things uh, from Genesis chapter two, just so we, we have uh, uh, some context here uh, and a, a, a basis. Verse 21, Genesis 2:21 says, "And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam." And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. So at this point, um, Adam, there was no female, human being in existence. And here he saw as he's with creation that God has made and he's watching over, he sees, he, he sees male and female. Especially in the in the mammal uh, world, so he's seeing male and female, and it says, and the so he he closed up the flesh. So he took out one of his ribs, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her onto the man. And Adam said, "This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man." So there's already this aspect of. Very, uh, closeness between man and woman and in particular, in this case, between, well, he goes on to say, verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and the, they shall be one flesh. And this one flesh is not f- just physically but the aspect of spiritually. There is something, and this is why This thing of intimacy between a a man and a woman would be between a man and his wife. It says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So there's already a terminology that says these two were married before the Lord. They were married before the Lord. That was his wife. It wasn't just another woman. It was his wife. And so there was no shame between the two of them. So we have this context of, of this relationship between a man and a woman. And let me just say this once again. And those that are watching online, your view might be different. You may say, well, that's, I feel something different. I'm saying this is, this is what God says. This is what God says. So I'm, once again, I'm not here to judge anybody. But I want you to recognize that one day we will all stand before God. There will be a judgment. Says in Hebrews 9 27, it says, Is it appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment? So we recognize that there is a judgment coming, not of man. I'm not here to judge, but God will judge where we are on this side of heaven and, and even this area of intimacy. All right? Now, I, I just want to talk and say, Well, Pastor, that's not where I'm at. Uh, and. Uh, but I just I want to touch on a few things uh, as we continue on. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Hebrews 13, verse 4. And once again, um, there's, there's a very positive, and there's also a negative to this verse. And in all of it, God is saying, I want to give you instruction, OK? So uh, Hebrews 13 says, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. The marriage bed is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. All right, just let's just look at a few of these words here. This thing of, of marriage being honorable and it's, it's as of great price or precious. That's what it's supposed to be of great value and precious. And that's what God would want for marriage to be, to be held in honor, to be esteemed and especially dear. And I recognize that is not always the case. But that's what God desires. And if this is what God desires, marriage is honorable. There is the, uh, for those that are married, and maybe relationships is not what it should be, God is saying, this is, this is attainable because I've, I've said so. This is what it, it could be and should be. And then it goes on to say that, uh, so it's, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. And so what happens in the marriage bed is undefiled or unsoiled is free from that which uh, the nature of the thing would be deformed or debased. It's amazing, this this meaning of defiled. But undefiled, it's free from being deformed. So what goes on in the marriage bed is undefiled before the Lord. God God made for intimacy within marriage, within marriage. And uh, I know, I know that, that it's always about, you know what? Uh, how, how intimate should we be? How often should we be intimate? All these different questions. You know what? And we'll get into a little bit of that as we go through this verse. We'll see that that is between two, a, a husband and a wife. That is between them. Um, Now, the last part of this verse, it talks about when there's a distortion or uh, a moving out from what God intends. It says, fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Now, when I looked at that word fornicators, uh, my, my first thing was it's sex outside of marriage. But this word here, It's interesting, it's, the Greek word is pornos. That's where you get pornography from, that word. Fornicators. It says, and in this case, this word has to do with a man who prostitutes his body to another's lust for hire. A male prostitute, a man who indulges in unlawful unlawful sexual intercourse, a fornicator. So it's interesting that in each of these, it's a man. Or it's, it's a man. Now, we'll see as we go on that it's not just men, but it, that, that which is, well, we'll look at it. once again, I'm not here to judge, but I'm just here to, to, to say that God will judge. One day God will judge. Now, you might say, Pastor, you have no idea of what I did before I knew the Lord, or even in a, in a situation where you might say, uh, hey, even as a believer. I want you to, to know that God, as we come before the Lord and we say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, and we repent. So not only do we, do we just confess our sin, but we turn and say, Lord, I'm not going to do that ever again. And then we repent and we head in the right direction. The Lord forgives. And I, I just want to touch on a little bit here Um, regarding uh, uh, singles, and I'll get to that in a moment. Just to finish off this verse here, it says, fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So what's the difference between a fornicator and an adulterer? An adulterer is somebody that is married that would have sexual relations with someone that they're not married to. That's adultery, okay? All right, if we can turn to 1 Corinthians 1, or 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. And I I just, I want to go into this because this is an amazing passage. And I know there's other passages that deal with uh, uh, intimacy between uh, husband and wife. Hey, read Song of Solomon. And you get a a view there. But I want to also say for those that are single here at this point in time, because I'll say this, and even married there is, there is a thing of temptation that may come. So, for the singles, this is 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Now, concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. It is good, it is honorable. Now, speaking of, of single men and, and women, from the man or for the man, it is not good to touch a woman. It's interesting what this word in the Greek means, to touch. So, to fasten oneself to, adhere to, cling to, to touch in the context, has to do in a sexual manner. And secondly, getting to the point of carnal intercourse with a woman, or cohabitation. And that surprised me. So this is the the Greek meaning, of the word touch. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. So in this, there's this aspect of not just going all the way, if you would, but we're talking even cohabitation with somebody that you're not married to. And, and I know that at this point in time, one of the things that comes up, you know, uh, is, well, hey, you know what, right now it's, it's very convenient for us you know, you, you like somebody, two people, they like each other, next thing you know, well, you know what, why don't we, we live together because it's convenient, or it, it can work out, or sometimes, well, let's, let's, let's move in together to see if, if it's going to work out, if, if we're going to, our relationship will develop. So let's just move in together. That's not what God is saying. The Lord is saying here, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, and in that is also to, to live with her. You might say yeah pastor that's that's where i am i'm i'm single at this point i'm single there's not a a man there's not a a woman uh for the for the women and for the men there's i'm not in relationship with somebody else we have to watch the the aspect of what god created in not just sexual Sex as an intimate that intimate thing, but also in procreation is an amazing thing. To realize that we are, in in some ways, like God to be able to make, and create. And this is a beautiful thing. However, when it comes to whether you're you're single or married, and whether you were married before, uh, and and I would say that whether you're you 're a man or a woman, we need to watch what 's going on up here, what 's going on in our head and Jesus talked about this because we think, well I, I haven 't committed uh, adultery or fornication, but there's stuff going up here on up here that is not good, and it leads us down the wrong way so Jesus said in Matthew 5:28 he says but i say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart so we're not we're talking so singles there's this aspect that i got to watch what's going on in my head so if there's a, a a lusting for for a woman just to look at her in a lustful way already there's adultery that's been uh, that has been committed with that, with her in our heart. Now I, I just want to say, at this time, Satan is doing whatever what God's what God has put into place. Satan says, "Well, I want to destroy it, or I want to do the exact opposite." And so there's a distortion of what. Uh, is, is going on today and what is allowed and, and or what society is doing and what people are doing and it is not right before the Lord. The Lord says fornicators and adulterers will be judged. Now some of that judgment may come before we stand before God Almighty and we, uh, can, I, can I just say this? And some of it is natural consequences. There is, there is a lot that is not good that comes from stuff happening outside of marriage. And so you see the results of that. You know, years ago, you know, we had, there were young women, we're talking like in their teens, and grew up in the church, and then by the time they got into teenage years, it was like there was a fork that they came to in the road. I Listen to this. I'm, I'm talking now to parents. Listen to me. If you have teenage kids, by the time they get, usually doesn't happen in grade nine, because grade nine is a big transition year, Uh, They're they're just starting to, well, you know, what is it like to be in high school? But by the time you get to grade 10, so we're talking around 15-ish years of age, 15 years of age, there will be a fork in the road, especially for those that grew up in a Christian home. And at that point, there's going to be a decision made, who do I serve? Because they're at a place to make a decision. And so they're going to say, either I'm going to serve The Lord, I'm going to serve... If they come out of a Christian home, I'm going to serve the God of my parents. Or they say, you know what? I'm just going to go do my own thing. So it already begins. That fork in the road takes place around grade 10. At least I know it did for me, and I know it did for others that I grew up with around grade 10. It was like, oh my goodness. Like they're they're going off to do things that they know are not right. And so... We as as parents, one thing we can pray, but one thing is that we need to we need to not be afraid to set boundaries. Now, listen, if you if you have uh, you, you know somebody or you you have a son and son or daughter, I'm talking about those online now. As well to those online, if you have a son or daughter that is, you know, hey, they're they're heading in the wrong direction and they're having struggle uh, in the area of of sex or you're heading in that direction, and they're already sort of, you know, you're just, oh, I'm, I'm worried. I want to say to you as parents, for goodness sake, don't be afraid to talk to them. Don't be afraid to, to, to talk to them, not just about what can happen, you know, in, in this, hey, you might get pregnant, but I want you to talk to them about where they are spiritually, because it is an indication of where they are spiritual, because they've come to the fork in the road, and now they're saying, you know what? I'm going to serve, not God, I'm going to serve myself, my flesh, and what my flesh. It's a catering to the flesh, and the enemy is just willing to lead them down that path, and it's a path to destruction. So I can remember some of the, we had neighbor kids that had grown up, and in, in, we knew the parents and, and whatever, but they came to that fork, And one of the consequences was they got pregnant. Now, I thank God in both situations, thank God that the parents were there to help them through the fact of saying, hey, listen, keep the child. I can remember the anguish of one of the the kids, 17 years of age. And here is the comment. Because it was one, sort of like a one night or a, a short term relationship that ended very negatively the young lady getting pregnant and now because the father was there the father was saying hey listen I want to have access to my my child they're not they're not together and the young lady and the parent the parent saying oh my goodness she's in a place where she's saying I'm going to have to let my daughter go and be on the weekends by court order and it's like this guy I don't approve of and yet on the weekend they're together I don't know, I don't approve I don't want anything to do with this guy and yet that's the way it is I'm just saying we're talking negative situations now the beautiful thing is I thank God that God is a God that forgives God is a God that 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 loves even in a situation like this Loves the person that has committed a sin and and loves the person or even the child that that might come. But that there would be an encouragement. Whether it's a parent or whether it's somebody else, not to judge, but to say, you know what? God is there to forgive and let's move on. Let's get back on track. Parents, don't be afraid to talk to your children if they're heading in the wrong direction. For goodness sake, Don't be afraid to put boundaries and say, no, no, you're not, I I don't know where you're going or I don't approve of who you're with or I don't know who you're with. I don't know what you're going to be doing or whatever. If you can't tell me what you're doing or whatever or this is when I want you home, for goodness sake. Don't be afraid to say, these are the boundaries. You might say, well, pastor, you don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you right now. You need to put up the boundaries, if they're gonna do the wrong thing, at least they know where you stand. Let them know that you love them. Let, you, let them know, talk about the consequences of some of their actions, and also where they are spiritually. To me, that's the greatest thing, is where is a person at spiritually? Because that's eternal, that's eternal. We have to watch what's going on in our heads. And I tell you, I don't know what grade you were in, when you noticed I can remember in grade one, walking at Reese's time holding hands with a with another six year old girl. I'm in grade one. I can remember in grade three being chased by some other little vivacious grade three and all excited about the fact that man she's chasing me, and I'm running across the, the It's already starting at such a young age. And things don't, they don't get, it doesn't seem to get any better. But mind you, it's it's a very exciting thing when you think about it. Like, wow, grade seven. Grade seven was awesome. We went from a country school to a city school. We went from a school of maybe, I don't know, 150, 200, to a school of 450 kids. And the thing about this was, they're all in grade 7 and grade 8. We're talking about hormones rampant. I thank God. And I want to give this next tip that I want to give to you. I wish I wish I would have had this information when I was a teenager. Because when it came to the, the aspect of, of going through the, all the changes that come in grade whatever and up through senior public grade seven and eight and into high school and beyond, if I would have known this one thing, I believe that it would have made those years, even as a young adult, so much easier when it came to the temptation of sexually not to say that hey when we got married we were virgins however i'll tell you there is a temptation going through those years there is temptation and and for those of you that are are even adults and and even on you know that that there's an there is a, a part of us, we need to watch what we think and what we allow ourselves to be exposed to. And so I want to say to you, if I would have known this one thing, it would have been so much easier, and I'm going to say it to you right now. And Paul touches on it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. And you, you've heard me quote this many times. I tell you, it's even in the area of sexual temptations that may come that are not right. And even with married couples where there's a desire for somebody that's not your spouse. Hey, that's wrong. And there's a temptation there or whatever. Maybe it's something at, at work or that's happening at work and there's, you know, for guys, you know, this woman is is looking at, at you or making the comments and making you feel really good. And and with, as a relationship develops, there's inappropriate thoughts that may lead to inappropriate actions. Not right. If I would have known this, It says, for I am determined, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, for I am determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You might say, what? What does Jesus Christ and Him crucified have to do with how I deal with things sexually? I'll tell you. It is because the power of God flows through the ma- Even just the message, as I grab a hold of the message, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, flows through to help me even in sexual temptations. You say, really? Let's turn to First Corinthians 1 verse 18. We, we tend to spiritualize certain passages. We, we gloss over them and we say, well, I got that figured out. Listen. The more I live, the more I recognize the power of God available to us on a daily basis. It doesn't matter for what, and especially for sexual temptation, because that is one temptation, it says. From, for, for all the temptations, God says, hey, it's common to men. Temptation is common to men. And there's no temptation that we cannot bear, but God will make an escape. We can bear it. But from sexual temptation... It says, run. Run. Don't start toying with the aspect of things that are not right. And you, you know they're heading in a certain direction. For goodness sake, sexual temptation. And even when it comes to inappropriate relationship between a, a man and a woman, that is especially for married, married people or whatever, it is not right and so here is what the Lord says in 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, for the message of the cross, that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. Listen, is foolishness to those who are perishing. When you say, ah, the cross. I'm not talking about wearing a, a cross or a crucifix or whatever. I am talking about where your faith is at on a daily basis when I get up in the morning. And if, 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 especially for those that are single, for goodness sake, in that area, Lord, Jesus Christ and him crucified for me at this point in time. Why? Because if it's foolishness, I will perish. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get through this thing because even if I don't have sex before marriage or outside of marriage... There's stuff that's going on in my head that may be wrong. And so, this is able to help you as I recognize that the power of the Holy Spirit comes through what Jesus did for us on the cross. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The power of God made available to us. I say, Thank you, Jesus. Wow, is that simple? And I'll tell you, when that, when I, when it clicked in to me and it was already, I was already, I, I was probably in my mid-30s already and, and even later before it clicked in. And the truth of that, I, I wish I would have had this because you know what? There's nothing worse than the turmoil of, of teenagers and this whole, dealing with this whole thing and you are doing it in your own, you're doing everything in your own strength, you can do that as an adult as well. It is a hard way to live. And I'm saying to you, if, if parents, if you grab a hold of this message for your kids, because your kids are at a point where they're saying, well, I like so-and-so, and they're not even a believer. That so-and-so isn't a believer. Oh, there's a nice guy. The Lord, the word of the Lord says, hey, don't be unequally yoked with the unbeliever. We're talking in that relationship that would extend to more than just being friends. So the Lord is saying, listen, or you can say to your children, listen, and maybe it's going back to the conversation of, of maybe letting them know what Jesus did for you on the cross saves you. It saved you. For me, it saved me when I was seven years of age, when I gave my life to Jesus. And it was the message of the cross. But it is also for today, right for now, for today, for the stuff that I'm dealing with. Because I haven't arrived. I haven't arrived yet. Hey, pastor, you're a pastor. Listen, I have not arrived yet. Man, do I need the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes through. Let me read again. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are parents. Because I say, no, 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 no. The message of the cross is not foolishness, foolishness to me. I'm grabbing a hold of that message. And to us who are being saved, for but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What? Through the message of the cross. So simple. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Everything that was accomplished on the cross, Him going on the cross and dying for us, is there to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work and help and work through us. And here's where we grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen, adults... Married, not married, whatever, watching what's in your head, the Holy Spirit is there to help you to get through, that you can overcome sexual temptation. So, now, when it comes to what's going on in your head, I'll tell you right now, there is something for men especially. Pornography, this pornos, that's where you get pornography from. It's from a Greek word, is a nasty thing, especially with, even with Christians, and especially with Christian men. And I'm saying to you, as you grab a hold of this message, that you would be able to say, hey, let me, I I can remember, my dad will, we worked at General Motors, Ange, this was back in the the mid, early to mid-80s. General Motors was basically a collective of 99% 99% men. So you have literally thousands of men working at General Motors in, in, uh, in uh, St. Catharines. It was amazing. You have a woman walk by, and it's like they've never seen a woman before. You have guys, you know, like I, you ha- I had to watch, you know, because these guys, they'd have their own areas and whatever, and they'd be posting putting up posters, and so here I am, an 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old working at General Motors, and you have stuff all over the place. I'll tell you, you can, if you go down a path and you don't, there's no stopping, it gets pretty nasty. And so here the Lord is saying, listen, I want to give you the power each and every day, not to say that you don't have temptation, but how do you run away from yourself? Because that's what it is when there's stuff going on in your head. I want to give you power to get through those times. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved today from the temptation of uh, sexual temptations, it is the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. So you fight through. And, and the thing is, when you slip and fall with stuff that's going on up here, Lord says, You can say, Oh, Lord, forgive me. And you get up and you keep going. But the Holy Spirit is there to help you so that you don't slip. That you are able to say, No, I'm not today. Uh, on your laptop, on your phone, it is nothing. All that stuff can be pulled up. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you with this. All right, just another thing for dating, okay? This is for, once again, parents and and for dating, uh, for young people dating. Uh, Let me just say this, and this is my personal opinion. For goodness sake, don't date for the sake of dating. If you cannot begin to even think that that person that you would want to spend the rest of your life with, for goodness sake, don't even start dating. So for parents... To have a 12- or 13-year-old going steady? Are you kidding me? To have even a 14- or 15-year-old, and they're, they're going... Parents, can I just say this? Can I give you a little uh, a tip of, uh, of, of advice? Do you know what? We never told our daughters that you can't date until you're 16. We never said anything. I want to give, now, especially for those that are, that have daughters. And I recognize there might be some of you have daughters and you, there's not a man around. Can I say this? For, for the fathers that have daughters and they're with you, for goodness sake, you love your daughters. If you don't love your daughters or you don't show the time with them or you don't spend the time with them, what's going to happen is they're going to look. Their, their whole existence, it says in Ephesians 5 verse 33, it says the duty, of the duty of the man is to love his wife and the duty of the woman is to, to respect her husband. Two different things. Love each other, yes. But the woman should respect her husband. The man should love his wife. Every, even young ladies... And even teenage girls and even little girls, they need to have the love of father. And you say, well, pastor, what if it's not there? What if there's no man in the, in the picture? That you would emphasize the love of God for your, for your daughters, mothers. If there's no man around, you emphasize how much God loves them, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus loves you. There's a covering over you. Jesus loves you so much. And that there would be this thing, I, for our daughters, it, was, it wasn't like, well, I need to be, I need to have the first guy that comes along or get attached to the first guy that I, whatever. There was not this chasing, and I'm not saying that it's, it's etched in stone, but I'm just saying let them the daughters need to be loved. And and for the men, and for boys, fathers of boys or mothers of boys, for goodness sake, th- their desire is the respect. They need to be respected. There's this thing of affirmation that they desire to affirm your sons. Affirm them. That's why I say thank God for my parents. I mentioned the other day, a seven-year-old boy, I was... One of my tasks was, was cleaning the washroom or the, the sink. And not, not so much, not the toilet. I didn't get to that point till a little bit later. But one of the first things that my mom said, hey, you can clean, clean the sink. And this is how you do it. And then I would do it. And my, I was just so, you know, I would polish. That, that thing would be polished. Even to this day, I want to just polish the, 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 the faucets and whatever. The reason... Was my when my I was finished. And this is whether with my dad or with my mom. Things I did. There was an affirmation. Oh man, does that look good? Does that ever look good? And so there was affirming. A lot of uh, boys growing up. There's no no one, a mother or father to affirm. They say you're stupid. You're no good for nothing. Whatever, affirmation. They need that. All right. All right. Oh. Okay. Didn't think this would be a two-parter. Let me just run on here. Sorry, but I, I think I think we needed that here at this point in time. Just going to to uh, back to 1 Corinthians chapter seven, verse verse two. <clears throat> so the first one talked about is good for a man not to touch a woman. Uh, and then it says in verse 2, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2, nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her, her own husband. And I recognize, you know what, in our day and age, uh, uh, you might say this, this word of sexual immorality in the King James is fornication. It says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication... Let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. This word fornication is a little bit different than the other for, the word that we had from Hebrews thirteen four. but this one talks about, let me just give you the it's pornea, uh, probably not uh, or pornaya. Uh, once again, you get the you have that porn root. It's basically this word here says, illicit sexual intercourse, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse. Now, this is where it gets disturbing and it's, it happens even now. It's, it says intercourse with animals. We're talking bestiality. You say, is that even, you know what? I was, I was of all things, I was watching this, this car show, it was a car show, and it was talking about, they were going through wherever, and as I'm watching this, this thing, and it's, 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 I, you know, it's on YouTube, and I don't think it was a, it's not a a rated or R-rated thing, this, this, anyways. It was like, are you seeing, am I seeing what I'm seeing? And I just, this is, this is wrong. But this is where things, God is talking about that this is where they were at even thousands of years ago. And the Lord is saying, this is what it says to avoid uh, sexual immorality. He says, each man should have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. The terms wife and husband are used here. We're talking again. They're terms of marriage. So within marriage. they might say, well, let's have. It's interesting. So I, I'm, I'm pulling up these words in the Greek. And uh, the word have, let me just see if I got it here. I know I had it. Uh, okay. Okay. Maybe I didn't mark it down. But it's not so much a thing of control. There's more a thing of, of belonging. We, we belong to each other. We, are, we, we belong to each other. It wasn't a more thing of, I have you. There's a possession of control. It's more a thing of, we belong to each other. We belong to each other. The beautiful thing about this verse too, nevertheless, because of sexual immor- immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. There is a re- recognition by God that we are sexual beings. He, in fact, he made us that way. There's a recognition by God that thoughts and actions can be sexually immoral. So there is, he, he's saying there can be sexual immorality that starts in, that, in, the, 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 in, the, in the things of the flesh and the mind and, and gets off track. God is saying that basically uh, sex needs to happen within marriage as he uses the term man and wife, his own wife, woman to have her own husband. From God's perspective, sex needs to be within marriage. Now you say, for those, you might say, Pastor, you're judging judging me online. You say, Pastor, you're judging me. It has nothing to do with judging you. If you want to have the blessing of the Lord, Do what the Lord would have you do. You might say, well, I've already messed up. Or I'm in in this and this is... Once again, the power of the Holy Spirit to change you is powerful, as in even to change things that you know deep down. You know what? Is this right? Or I want... Listen, there is such an attempt. I've I've talked to those that were, you know, uh, homosexual, lesbians... What, whatever, it, There was such a desire that there would be an approval from me as a pastor that what I'm doing is okay. And it's like, you don't need... It, what you want is you want to check, where is God on this? Where is God on this? And, and so I'm, I'm saying, hey, you have free will. You're going to do what you're going to do. But I want you to know that one day we will stand before the Lord God. And we're going to stand before God... And there is a judgment, and so I'm saying, not in judgment, I'm saying in warning, recognize that. And God is able, as we humble ourselves before him, Lord, forgive me, I know there's been people that have been really far off. As they humble themselves before the Lord, the Lord is able to bring them back to a place where they, they need to be, and before him. The Lord says, or the word of God says, and it talks. it's talking about the blood First, First John one verse seven talks about the blood that cleanses, and, and then verse eight talks about the fact that that if we say that we're, we we haven't sinned, we're liars. We've all basically we've all sinned. And, but then verse uh, nine, it says, "If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." And that comes by the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ. What Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago can wash away things that may, you may say, you know what? I look back and it's so shameful. Or even you're in a place where you say, oh, it's so shameful. The blood of Jesus washes and cleanses you clean. That you can, I can walk through life in the power of God by his Holy Spirit and walking before him wholly not by my own holiness, but by his righteousness upon me that's imputed upon me. I just say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, um, verse 3. Give me a a few minutes here and I'll I'll wrap this up. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her. That word affection, goodwill Kindness. Kindness. And in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, it talks about, I think it's verse 7. It says, men, if you want your prayers answered, it, it's all about how you treat your wife. Men that are married, if you want your prayers answered, it's about how you treat your wife as somebody that you need to, to, to love, to nourish as a weaker vessel, if you would, so that, that the grace of God is extended to you, that you would have life. God desires for you to have life, fullness of life. So, husbands, render to your wives the affection to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband, that there would be a, a reciprocating that goes back and forth. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. I know the world is all about, well, how often does it happen? You know? How many times in the question is there? You know what? The Lord is saying that we belong to the husband belongs to his wife and the wife belongs to her husband. We don't have authority over our own body. Look at what the next verse says. They we say, well, I'm not sure I'm getting that. Uh, look at the next verse. I think it's fairly clear. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So within a married in a marriage relationship, you belong to each other. I've I've said this to uh, to women especially, and, and as I've counseled couples and whatever, is that you belong to each other, for goodness sake, especially women. You need to there needs to be a realization where your husband's at because I'll tell you right now that's one of the way that's one of the areas where affairs start and so the marriage bed there's nothing happening in the marriage bed and so what happens the next thing you know is that the husband oftentimes that's where they fall and so there there's an the affair that happens and I'm saying to you for the, the married husband and wife you belong to each other and not to withhold yourself from each other. There's a consenting thing between the two of you. The marriage bed is defiled. I have tips for, for wives and for husbands here. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I would just say this, and I already, uh, I already uh, pointed this out. Uh, respect, wives, respect your husbands. Respect them. And pray for your husbands. Pray for your husbands. And thirdly, actually it's point six on here, but thirdly, realize that because your husband is a child of God, that God's not finished with them yet. Can I just say this? One of my favorite verses, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in us will continue it until the day of the Lord. The Lord has begun a good work, and so wives, husbands, for the, and, and this could be in relationship, that you're not married, you're single, whatever, you're dealing with a brother or sister. Listen, if there's somebody that's really irritating or whatever, as a child of God, just know that God is doing a work on them. They're not finished yet. God's not finished with them yet. And God can do a work that you and I could never do by cajoling or whatever. Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. How much do I love my wife? As much as myself. If you don't love yourself, I think it's a verse before, if you don't love yourself, you really don't, or if you don't love your wife, you don't really love yourself. There's a problem with how you view yourself as in you should love your wife as yourself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Can I just say this? Um, Going back to to tips for wives, Uh, never, when it comes to respecting your husband, respect your husband in your thoughts, in your speech, in your attitude, in your communication. For goodness sake, never compare your husband to another man. Don't do it. Because I'll tell you, it's it is the exact opposite of respect. Now, you might say, well, but pastor, my, my husband's not doing what he should. He's not the man that he should be. I'm saying to you, pray for your husband and let God do a work on him. You respect your husband. You say, but God, he, doesn't, he hasn't earned my respect. You need to pray. And I'm, Lord, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to be. Read, read 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 6 for the women. Uh, just to, to get the right heart and attitude of where you should be at, even with an unbelieving husband that may have, you know, you got saved after uh, you were married and, and one's saved and one's not. 1 Peter 3 verse 1 talks even about a, a believing wife with her unbelieving husband. Uh, husbands, just quickly, love your wife. Every expression, and this is for brothers and sisters, singles, for goodness sake, men, you need to love the sisters in uh, in in a godly manner, but especially for for husbands to their wives, your expression of love can be verbal, just in saying "I love you." Your expression of love can be physical, holding, uh, understanding, cuddling, hugging, all those kinds of physical things. Your expression of love through can be through time spent together, spending time with your with your your wife your expression of love by, uh, would also could also be by doing things for her your expression of love could be by getting even showing tangible things of gifts I, I, I won't you know what um, I went to my mom's place the other day and I've gone there a few few times over the course of the last few weeks and there was a bouquet of flowers that were there now. Uh, my dad's not at the place at this point in time. I know that he would often cut flowers and whatever and bring them in for my mom from the yard and whatever and the flower bed. But this wasn't from my, my dad. It was from someone else. And so I thought, you know what? What a beautiful expression of love. Just some flowers. Or even if it was one flower. A, an expression of love to, to my mom. And I just said, hey, I, t- I tip my hat to that individual and uh, I say, that's, that's good. We, we can show love to one another. We need to show love to one another. So, if you ever need to look at uh, how much we should love that uh, you would read from Ephesians 5, verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, or a fear of God, we submit to one another. I know a lot of men use verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. They usually say wives need to submit to their husbands. They don't say as to the Lord. And even as they would have the fear of God, the way a husband... If a husband is demanding for his wife to submit to him, that's not as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How much do you love your wife? I'm willing to die for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, There's a, that he might present to her, himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she sh- should be holy and without blemish. We're talking about a, a, an evaluation that is just beautiful as the Lord Jesus looks at the church. Husbands, look at your at your wife that way. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does to the church. That's how we should be to our wives. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless... Verse 33 now, I read earlier, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Can we stand together? I know it was a little bit longer today and I I wanted to to finish so that we're not doing a two-parter. But uh, I want you you to be encouraged. Uh, Whatever situation you're in, whether you're a parent dealing with teenagers or young adults, uh, have them go according to the word of God and stand on the word of God, and stand in the power of the Holy Spirit that comes through where their faith is at. My faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified, which basically it makes available the Holy Spirit to us. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much that uh, your word even deals with this area of our life that is, yeah, it's a big area. It's huge. And Lord, so we thank you for the, the instruction that you give us. And so we grab a hold of your instruction a light to our path, a lamp to our feet so we don't stumble and we just say yes, Lord. things that we can't do on our own, Lord, as our faith is in you, the message of the cross, what you did for us 2,000 years ago, Lord, the Holy Spirit works through to empower us to do the things that we need to do and not do the things we shouldn't do and to begin to change us into the person that we should be. Lord, I just thank you. So we submit to you Lord Jesus, and we submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let there be amazing, beautiful, and powerful things done in our lives, whether we're single or whether we're married or whether we're uh, whatever place we're at, separated, divorced, whatever we may be, Lord, I just pray, do a work. Bless my dear brothers and sisters here tonight and all those online in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and uh, have a good night. Good to have you here uh, tonight. Hey. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.